What's up, D3 Nation? We hope everyone is staying healthy as the coronavirus continues to surge throughout the U.S. It's been a busy month for the NCAA as they try to figure out how to get back to play this upcoming academic year. With recent news and legislation, the majority of Division III college athletics return to competition play will most likely be January 2021. Overall, this pandemic has had a huge effect on college athletics through each division. According to D3Playbook.com, 29 out of the 45 conferences in Division III have already decided to not compete this upcoming semester. The NCAA still still has not made a decision about fall championships. They had a meeting last Friday. As a two-semester sport, what does this mean for wrestling? What does this mean for the upcoming season, the coaches and the student athletes? My brother and I discuss it all in this next episode, and we try to bring some clarity to the situation. What's going on, D3 Nation? First off, just wanted to thank everyone for tuning into the show so far. After our initial launch back, back in June, we've had a lot of support, a lot of listens. We're creeping up now on uh, a thousand listens, a thousand plays. So, really appreciate everyone listening, tuning in, and sharing the episodes. And we're looking forward to continue to bring you more future episodes with guests and. Uh, even some episodes just about what's going on in the Division Three wrestling world. So for today, I'm joined by my co-host, Gennaro. And we just kind of wanted to touch base with the impact COVID-19 is now continuing to have on the wrestling world and college athletics. Back in March, we had the first initial reaction of, of this pandemic and what it meant for us, and that was – the cancellation of the 2020 national championships. And as coaches and athletes, we all thought that, you know, that was going to be the last uh, result of this. And, you know, we would hopefully get back to normal, but this, this virus is not going away and it is now trickling into impacting the 2020, 21 season. So right now we're at today, uh, things are moving pretty quick since we got to July, there's been a lot of information flowing around, you know, in the college athletics world from division one, division two, division three, junior college. Um, so we're just going to dive into that information today and, and go from there. So, uh, to start, we'll just start with some great resources that the casual fan, uh, can use to stay up to date with everything that's been going on. Um, First off, NCAA.org at the Division Three page, they have all the current legislations that are being talked about. Um, you can get all the information you need there about what they're trying to, the, to pass and the effects that's going to have on student athletes moving forward with eligibility and what the season's going to look like. And we're going to touch on that here in a little bit. The second uh, resources um, that have been really great are d3wrestle.com, d3playbook.com. They have been really doing a good job keeping everyone up to date with all the conference announcements, school announcements that have been based around COVID and what 
schools and and uh, you know their presidents and their athletics are trying to do to uh, have the return to play, but at the safest parameters. Also, Jason Bryant, uh, big Division three wrestling fan, and uh, you know wrestling uh, talk host for a lot of different shows, um, has announced national championships. Um, he's been doing a COVID nineteen tracker since April seventh with all the suspensions and drop programs in NCAA. So another thing to just check out and really just kind of open your eyes to the impact that this this pandemic has had on college athletics. It's It's been uh, exponential as we continue to move forward since the initial uh, initial announcement of no spring championships back in March. So with that being said, uh, gee, we can uh, just get into it with um, how everything kind of picked up earlier this month. So do you want to talk about a little bit what the, the pack initially announced and you know what their initial thought of play was moving forward? Yeah, so um, before we get into that, you know, just like you said, everyone that has been listening and, you know, all the episodes we have had so far have been awesome. Each conversation has been unique in its own way. Great stories, great wrestling passion, and, um, you know, just looking forward to having more future guests on like that and continue this uh, awesome D3 podcast. So, you know, going into where our conference, the PAC, sits right now, um, they have decided for all fall sports, no non-conference, all uh, conference events are still a go as of now. You know, things change each day. Things change each week. So right now that's where the PAC sits. You know, it was kind of – they followed the OAC's uh, footsteps when they announced it, that they were going to do it. Just kind of less travel, you kind of know the competition with between the schools and you know your own conference, um, and they think that's the best way to go about it. So, no non-conference events right now in the fall, just all conference um, competition. Now, for our conference itself, football, um, Case Western and Carnegie Mellon, two schools have already announced they will not be competing this fall. So. Right now, they're looking at like a seven-game schedule, I believe. So, like I said, things change each day and week to week. So, it'll be interesting to see how it unfolds. But that's where the PAC sits right now. And I know a lot of other conferences are doing that as well, just stick, staying strictly conference uh, matches or events and moving forward with that. Yeah, exactly. And you bring up a good point, too, bringing up Case and uh, Carling and Mellon. And, again, that conference is now just for fall sports where winter sport – a lot of these decisions have really been solely focused on the fall. Obviously, wrestling starts practicing in the fall, but um, they're kind of waiting to see how fall sports would go. But as you as as we now see, things have started to pick up a little bit. That that this that the COVID cases have been picking up. So, um, but you also bring up a good point too uh, about kind of the umbrella uh, that every school kind kind of sits on. So you have you know the federal government and their regulations and the safest way back to play. Then you have the state government, local government, what their regulations are. And every state is different, you know, compared to who's rising COVID cases, who's lowering. But then, you know, your conference can say one thing and that they're, that they're trying to play. But if your school saying it's a no, you know, at the end of the day, that's, that's where you're going with what your president, what your athletic yeah. director is saying. Exactly. So um, 
that's why it's tough. You know, everything's changing so quick, but there's a lot of different legislations that you have to consider. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, everyone just wants to make sure it's the safest situation possible. And as coaches and, you know, wrestlers and, you know, just being competitive, we want to get back on the mat and, you know, but, uh, you know, we have to be smart about it. So I would say probably like July 9th, July 10th, early, earlier this month, a lot of the conferences, you know, were making those decisions like the MAC, the PAC, the uh, OAC, conference only playing in the fall. Let's see how it goes. Let's get these kids back to campus and do it as mm-hmm. safe as possible. Now, because yeah, you, you got to think too, you know, with those certain schools, you know, some schools might not be able to, uh, facilitate the social distancing or uh, have enough room to accommodate all these guidelines and make sure everything's safe. So maybe that's why schools in the, that are just like no sports at all in the fall, give us more time before we hopefully, you know, miraculously, maybe there'll be a breakthrough by, you know, winter sports time in January. So like you said, you just got to, be aware of the situation of your school and of your state pretty much how it's going so far. Yeah. So again, a lot, there was, so there was a lot of positive uh, flow in the beginning of the month. And then, you know, that leads into our first uh, NCA legislation that the division three administrative council approved, um, approved about the blanket waiver for participation. So let's dive into that a little bit. Um, now the language is, I'll, I'll just read it right here. Division three student athletes will not be charged with participation for the 2020-21 season if their team can compete only 50% or less of the sport's maximum contest slash dates of competition due to the ongoing impact of COVID-19 pandemic. So in a nutshell, if you as a team can only compete for wrestling, we get a maximum of 16 competition dates for regular season. That doesn't count the postseason. Correct. So, so according to this blanket waiver, if your team, it's not on individual, it's not on individual count of how many you compete. It's for the team itself. So the team would have to only compete in eight or less competitions, and those student athletes would get that year back. So almost like a, a safety net, where you know we don't run into the situation that we had last year where we had all those student athletes get to the national championships. And I'll say that was more than 50% of the season, but get to the national championships and which everyone trains for and gets Mm -hmm. ready for, and then basically have the rug pulled out from them. And that's it. They lose that year eligibility and going forward. So it's good to see that the division three committee is, is approved this blanket waiver and, you know, is going to allow student athletes that decision to, come back and if they compete in an abbreviated season they're still going to get that season back what's your thoughts on that um you know i like it it's just you know it's still a lot of a gray area still because per se we still have a national tournament or a postseason you know will will that count towards the 50 percent? so say a team schedules less than the 50 percent, and then still competes in the postseason like how would like that's what I'm saying like it has to be more of a exact timeline of what is right and what you can do because like you said postseason doesn't count towards those 16 usually events 
Like it's not considered. So Correct. how, how that affect the waiver? That's the only thing I'm saying. So like, what if a team schedules less than 50% and then they have a really good team compete regionals, nationals, have a good run. And then all those kids get another year eligibility. You know what I mean? That's just a confusing part for me, but I like it that you could still compete and get mat time and, you know, get, get going again. It's that's the only thing I was kind of confused about. Yeah, no. Uh, yeah. I mean, I agree with that. And like you said, when it all comes down to it, we train for the postseason, right. regional tournament, conference championships, national tournament. So this waiver really doesn't kind of talk about that. It just talks about the maximum contents contest in the regular season. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, I feel like this waiver is definitely going to potentially change to see if there is postseason dates. Cause as of yeah. right now, it looks like the NCAA division three, where NCA just overall, they're going to have a, a talk tomorrow about fall championships. So if okay. fall championships get canceled, I yeah. can't see how they could cancel the fall and then us having it winter championships. Now, again, unless we have an incredible breakthrough and we start moving in the right direction, like we we're doing for a little bit, then we can see. But as of right now, it looks like for the most part, we're leaning towards regional competitions, maybe just mm. in, in conference competitions, yeah. and just have just having a regular season, like potentially yeah. no national championships, even if we do get back on the mats. Yeah, and you know, for for just student athlete purposes and competition wise, that's good and all. But like you said, you train for the postseason, so most teams are not going to try and schedule eight or above competitions oh no no you because you want to save that year for your student athlete now also too you got to consider too with d3 student athletes are not on scholarship so it all depends on um financial aid and their package and stuff and how their graduation yeah their academics uh, academics is going like a lot of kids you know even if per se d3 gave that extra year to the seniors that competed at nationals last year i mean it's they're not saying that all of them are going to come back just because you know they have jobs lined up they have futures lined up um so it's definitely a definitely a trickier thing than like with d1 where you see a red shirt you know kids that are in school to five to six years with the medical red shirts and then they get in their masters and stuff potentially olympic red shirt too right all that stuff that doesn't factor in d3 d3 only can do two things you can either have a medical red shirt or you you gray shirt where you just go to school for a year and save your one year eligibility pretty yeah, much. Yeah, you're essentially sitting out like and you know, you're just not on the team that year. So um yeah. so yeah, again, it, it it it's an awesome waiver and you know, allowing us potentially to have a regular season, but again, there's a lot of uh uh answers we're looking for so if there's a postseason like what's, yeah. what's going to be a deal yeah i think you're going to see this changed and cleaned up a little bit if it starts leaning towards where we could have a postseason because it just would be you know some schools have the resources and can can do that kind of stuff where they you know they can still schedule a season have a great postseason and get all those kids back for another year so you know people find a way around it you just got to make sure that it's in everyone's best interest. 
Yeah. So, all right. So now moving forward. So that, that the, the blanket waiver was announced on July 9th. So now right. let's, let's fast forward now. A week later, July 16th, the NCAA issues the next set of return to sport guidelines. Now this was the big one. Okay. Right. This, this is big. Yeah. This was the kind of the main cause of what's been all now coming from a lot of division three conferences, division three schools because of these guidelines. And essentially these guidelines are, you know, it's for the safest possible playing situation, but you're going to have to invest a lot of money. You know, it's testing 72 hours before competition. And this is for high contact risk sports, which obviously wrestling is, I mean, you're on the mat wrestling another person, you know, and you're not going to be wearing a mask for that. Um, right. Social distancing and that, but testing results with 72 hours of competition and a high contact risk sports member schools must adhere to public self standards set by their local communities. A lot of different testing strategies, including the preseason, regular season and postseason. So just a lot of, uh, uh, you know, checkpoints that your athletic training and your school would have to invest and do that, you know, unfortunately, you know, maybe for those high revenue sports like division one football, division one basketball, you know, they can potentially do something similar to like what the NBA is doing and having that, that bubble and, you know, the COVID trackers, but at the division three level, it's just financially. It's not, it's not realistic. It's just not. It's, yeah. It's, it, I mean, it's, you know, I appreciate all the work they put into this guideline and, the safety that comes with it, but it's just, it's too financially much for, I mean, for even some D1 schools. I mean, you've seen FCS, you've seen some, you know, smaller D1 football programs. They had to shut down. They just, they, it's just going to be too much. And schools are already hurting between uh, from last year when all this started till now. I mean, like you said earlier with Jason Bryant's, uh, tracker count of schools dropping sports i mean there's just so many and if schools compete you know and like by all means if you have the financial means to do this and you can continue to compete you know that's great but for the division three level it's just not realistic yeah so you know so these guidelines get released and then you really start to see a domino effect you know yeah. a lot of these schools and conferences that we're holding on to, you know, that fall sports, you know, maybe we'll use this kind of as the test mm -hmm. to see how winter sports are going to go. You know, yeah. now, now all these schools and conferences are like, can't do it. Like we're changing yeah. and, you know, day after day after day, you know, I'm part of the D3 ticker.com uh, newsletter and literally every day I get an email, another conference mm -hmm. suspending yeah. fall athletics, you know, and this is what schools like, uh, like the ODAC, like the Mac, um, you know, schools that said that they were potentially going to go a conference only schedule in the fall, you know, it's just not happening anymore. So um, it's, uh, it's pretty crazy to see. And, uh, you know, so far there's been a number of programs that have been affected um, by all these decisions. And honestly, you know, by the end of this month, it's going to be every division three program that's good. Yeah. Affected. You know, yeah, I mean, you're going to just keep – I mean, because, I mean, we're almost at August, so football 
camps and soccer camps and cross country, whatever fall sport your school has, they're going to have to be making decisions very soon because they're not going to want kids to be coming in early and then send them back home. They want to make sure that they have their decision made and they can move forward correctly because that you're already jumping through hoops. There's so many logistics going on. Like you said, with all this stuff, athletic training, you know, your student services, all that stuff. They've been doing that all summer pretty much already. Yeah. Trying to get a plan in place for, you know, like for, for example, Waynesburg university, those student athletes are coming in um, August, I think seventh or eighth. Okay. To, you know, do all these checks, get situated, go over all these health things, you know, all these health protocols, safety protocols. They don't want to do all that. And then two days later, it's done. You know, football is not going to happen. Soccer is not going to happen. Because then it's just, it's just not easy on the student athletes. You know, some of these kids want to have vehicles, you know. And, you know, they don't want to keep moving back and forth. Whatever, whenever they get there, they want to get there, they want to play their sport, and then get ready for school. So that's why conferences, you see conferences, you're, you're going to see, I mean, right now it's July 23rd. Okay. You know, two, in two weeks you're going to see substantial amount of moves here to whether either they're going to compete or not compete, I would yeah. say. Yeah. And right now, like 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 we're talking about, the trend that's been going is, um, you know, tomorrow they're having the the management council meeting, and fall twenty twenty sports championships most likely not going to happen, you know. And then just find yeah, find it hard to believe. Find and then that will happen. And then moving forward with the conferences affecting the just the Division three wrestling program, Centennial, Suniac, ODAC. NCAC, and then individual schools with Chicago, Coast Guard, Hunter, NYU, Southern Maine, Springfield, College of New Jersey, Western New England, WPI, you know, and soon to be all the, all the schools in the, in the MAC conference, you know, um, we're going to be, we're going to be, uh, you know, not competing. Um, and it looks like January 1st is going to be that date where, everyone's going to be holding on to and hopefully getting back to uh, as, as much normal as possible. Yeah. Now with that, was there any, like, that's the thing you don't see like in house or practices or workouts, I guess that would depend on your own school or like, yes. So okay. for, for us, for example, you know, I'm sure every school is the same. You have certain phases and that certain phase will determine whether or not you can have a small group practice or, how many people you can have at a certain sports practice, whether that's club or varsity sports, mm-hmm. um, you know, so the social distancing parameters, obviously not possible to have like a wrestling practice, but depending on what phase you went are in and those small groups, you know, mm-hmm. uh, the last uh, legislation that the, the council and they had just an- uh, announced it this week was, the flexibility of, you know, the play, playing season by days instead of weeks. So right. start, start on October 10th, the first uh, mandatory uh, practice and the official kickoff of the uh, season for college wrestling. Mm-hmm. Until March, everything's based on weeks. You have a certain amount of weeks that you can be with them in the room. 
you know, now this flexibility is about not counting the weeks, but about the days. So in this, in this legislation, it talks about how basketball, ice hockey, and wrestling, we actually be able to start practicing earlier. We can actually start practicing on October 1st and maintain the existing competition start dates. Now, obviously I don't believe there'll be, there's not gonna be any competition in the time we're going, but though the saving grace that we're gonna have as coaches and wrestlers is being able to have small group practices depending on your school's phase and, and just getting prepared as possible for that first competition date in January, you know, because fall 2020, I mean, you know, for Stevens, we had, we had some great competitions lined up, you know, we were planning right. on heading out West and competing against some really good programs, but you know, obviously that's off the table right now. So the, the, the mindset we have to have is get these guys as prepared as possible for that January date, whatever that can be. And at the right. same place, you know, so. Right. Yeah. Cause like, like most programs, most sports, they already set their schedule to, um, the next year, like way in advance. So you're going to see a lot of rescheduling, a lot of uh, different things unfold where it, who knows, will be duels or will be tournaments. You don't know how it'll unfold because, I mean, usually in January, when you pick back up, that's when national duels are. Mm-hmm. And I find it hard to believe they'll keep it that first weekend after, if that's like the first week that most teams are going to be starting getting going again, you know? Yeah, it's like jump right into it. What's competing as the best teams in the country? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And even some of the best teams in the country, you know, they're not going to be in great shape. They're not going to be where where they should be because you don't know how they're going to be facility wise or practice wise. You know, right. Everything everything's going to be very limited right now. Just the yeah. way it is. I mean, for those programs, you know, you have the ebbs and flow of the season, but for them, you know, they're peaking. That's one of their peaks during the season. So like, right? How are you going to get? How are you going to? have everyone peak and you don't even know if you're gonna be practicing a team for that for that tournament so Correct. i would imagine i would imagine the nwca uh moving that and if there is even going to be a na- yeah. national duels who knows yeah um, and you know maybe that could be something you know if we're not going to have a nationals maybe there'll be a nationals dual tournament to make up for it just like have a big event right. like that something yeah you know, it's just you know you're all spitballing here pretty much but you know, like you, like you guys, we had, you know, big duels day set up at our school and already half of those teams can't compete in it. So um, it's went from a total of six teams. Now it's down to four, to, like uh, three teams only right. competing. Yeah. So that's why a lot of team, a lot of programs, they're going to have to look at their schedule. They're going to have to see what their regulations are with their school and move forward accordingly and try and get everything back on track. Right. So, so right now, I mean, as wrestling fans, uh, we should be really uh, doing our part to, you know, social distance, keep your mask on and let's start flattening this curve so we can have that January 1st date because if it keeps the trend that it's going right now, you know, that January 1st might go away and there's going to be no season. So, so it's very possible, you know, we have to do our part and make sure everyone is, doing their doing the best they can to um make this uh pandemic settle down and get your states back into the green instead of being in the red and yeah you know obviously this was bound to happen summer months people getting outside states starting yeah. to reopen you know right. and just imagine now well, all these schools 
throughout the whole country having on-campus learning and a lot of the schools are going to tell them, hey, you got you to test, you have to have a COVID test to come back on campus. Right. So, you know, at the end of August, these cases are going to be even even higher because there's going to be so many people testing. You know, it's just, right. it's just, it's just logic. The more, yeah, the more tests thing there's going to be, the, the more results you're going to see of probably COVID. You know, because some don't even have the symptoms and you have it. So it's just that kind of a rare uh, sickness where you just never know. You never know. And, you know, schools are doing their best job. You know, they don't want to lose students. They want everyone back on campus. You know, they saw how last spring semester went and it was tough, you know, not just for the students, but for the school itself between the professors doing all online classes um, all the logistics, everything like that, like not having commencement, you know, they want, you know, just it's, college is supposed to be the best four years of your life. And, um, you know, seniors last year and kids, you know, in the full swing of college right now, it's a lot of stress and it's not fun you, because it's just, you never know. Like usually, you know, you know, what's going on. You have your schedule, you have your athletic season and you move forward accordingly. But now you just never know. And that's why it's tough for everyone to make decisions and to go forward. It's a very difficult time. Yeah, I mean, and like you said, the reason why that college experience is so great because you get to be on campus. You have that community. You have that connection of being around your teammates, your other, your other you know, your other classmates, uh, you know, just being able to go to the cafeteria and, and be with your team. You know, those, those are a lot of memories that um, – that are great, you know, bonding. And, uh, you know, if you don't have that college experience of being on campus, it's, you know, it's, it's totally different. Um, so yeah, it really is. You don't get the whole, you don't get the full college experience. You just don't get it. Yeah. So, so that, with that being said, that kind of catches, catches us up to everything that's been going on with the NCAA. And, um, again, stay on top of those resources and, you know, seeing what schools are, are postponing or suspending fall play, which again, like I said, the way it's trending, everyone is going to be looking for that January 1st date. Um, and, uh, you know, tomorrow's a big day talking about the fall championships, but, um, Mm. let's, uh, let me ask you this, uh, you, you know, junior college actually came up very early and just said, Hey, we're, we're moving our season. It's starting in January going till April now. Yeah. And um, I thought that was pretty smart. At least they have like a set plan in place Correct. where, you know, we're moving these dates. Um, I know that it's a little more uh, wiggle room for them, but, you know, obviously the NCAA, they plan way ahead for when these national championships are being hosted and um, the dates for them. So probably a lot tougher, tougher for them, but kudos to junior college wrestling for right. doing that. Um, what, what, do you, what do you think of that? I, I really liked it. I, I like it too. You know, it gives everyone a target date of when it's going to start. There's no questions. Everyone's starting the same day instead of like you have some teams that can still compete this fall potentially to some teams that can't. And I like that. Then everyone's on the same page. There's no unfair advantage and going forward. And, you know, um, even if it's just January to March per se, to give the student athletes a season still and competition and do what they love. You know, one of the main reasons, you know, per se they're at this school is to compete 
and bring home a national title to their school, it'll be good for them to at least, even if it's not a full season, to get competitions. Because like you said, everyone competes for the postseason regionals and nationals. So I like it. Um, it's going to be very difficult, though, overall to see that happen because of just the NCAA guidelines pretty much. Like NAI, you can see like NAI, JUCO, uh, those divisions, they don't have a legislation really they have to answer to um, per se. That's why, that's why that decision was made so far in advance. So you just got to, you know, you just play in the waiting game. But I personally like it. I think it's a great idea. Yeah, definitely a little more, uh, you know, lines of leadership, committees, administrators that jump through at the NCAA level. Mm-hmm. So, um, like you said, we're kind of like at the mercy of them. But uh, I, do, I do like that they have a set plan. And, and maybe uh, here in the, in the near future, uh, the NCAA will kind of go towards that now that it looks like fall sports are going to be put on hold, especially at the Division three level, yeah. um, moving forward to uh, that January 1st date. So it will, uh, it will definitely, definitely be interesting. But um, other than that, do you got, you got anything else to add to, to this topic, to this conversation? Um, no, not really. I mean, we pretty much covered everything to where it's at right now. Like I said, you're going to see daily changes, weekly changes here soon because um, schools – don't want all their fall athletics to come back and then everything get canceled. They just don't want that to happen. It's, it will be, they're already doing a moving, doing a lot, a lot of moving parts, a lot of logistics. They rather just make a decision and move forward from there. So like you said, keep your eye up for the tracker, check D3 wrestle. If you're just looking at wrestling uh, in general, but NCA.com, they'll have all your answers. And hopefully we have some sort of set date where we can look towards instead of it being unquestioned. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know, for a lot of uh, student athletes and coaches, everyone's kind of in the same boat right now. So, you know, just stay positive, uh, stay, stay um, educated on what the protocols are and, and what you can be doing and what you can be doing to prepare um, for, getting back into it, uh, you know, for that spring semester that once uh, 2021 comes, uh, just doing everything possible because, uh, you know, you control that. Um, so keep controlling the controllables. Uh, we'll keep you guys posted with any uh, more information and, and continue to bring you some, uh, some new episodes with uh, some high-level guests. And uh, keep tuning in, keep sharing. But, um, you know, that's all we got for today. Thanks. Thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe and leave us a rating. The D3 Nation podcast is on seven platforms, so make sure you're tuning in. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at D3 Nation Podcast and on our anchor page, anchor.fm slash coachbonx2. We look forward to continuing to grow Division Three wrestling.